Hey there, and welcome back to the Etsy Seller Podcast. I'm your host, Cody McGuffey. And today we're talking with Cassie Johnson about her $750,000 revenue on Etsy and how print on demand helped her achieve financial freedom in less than three years. This is Cassie's second time on the show. So we're super happy to have her on again, talking about her strategies for print on demand products and how she was able to reach this huge and amazing milestone as a full-time seller. Here's a clip from today's show. Rounding out just almost at my three-year Etsy anniversary and three quarters of a million in sales. Three quarters of a million. What does that mean? Okay, so that's, that's seven hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. Whoa. When I hit five hundred thousand, I thought that was really crazy. So trying to head to a million as quick as possible, and uh, it's been a really, really wild journey. I can't believe it's already been three years. So if that's you're just getting started now, I know it's hard to imagine, but your whole life can change in just two or three years, really. We have an awesome episode for you guys today. As always, this podcast is brought to you by Everbee. And we believe that everyone deserves the opportunity to pursue their passions and live life on their own terms. We believe that making e-commerce accessible to everyone in the world and then using it to make a positive impact for their families and their communities. Everbee is the Etsy growth tool that helps Etsy sellers find winning products and get more sales. You could see the revenue of each product. You could see the monthly sales a, gener- a listing is actually generating. You see the tags that each listing is using to drive their SEO. And you could actually see the keyword search volume for each keyword. So you understand what people are searching for on Etsy. And then you understand what they're actually buying on Etsy. It's a tool you guys need to be using to grow your Etsy business. So sign up for free today at everbee.io. Awesome. Let's jump in. What's up? Welcome back. How are you? Hi, Cody. How's it going? It's going super good. I am excited to be on your podcast and your channel again. It's always so fun to connect because I love Everbee. So it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's like a pleasure to have you because this is number two. Um, This is the second time that you've actually, we recorded like a podcast. It wasn't even a podcast the first time we did it. We just did like a YouTube, YouTube video. And now we have a podcast. We've turned those things into a podcast. And I'm just happy to have you back on. It's like, it's been a fun journey to like watch you grow, Everbee grow, us do it together. It's super fun. And I'm just excited to share more value with, with our community. Yeah, I've been loving your podcast. So if you guys are watching this on YouTube and you haven't checked out the podcast, it's awesome. I appreciate it. First of all, like if you guys haven't listened to Cassie's first recording, like our first episode that we did, we did about 10 months ago. It's on the podcast. I'll link to the, the first episode, but highlights like, Cassie is an amazing Etsy seller that's absolutely crushed it in the print-on-demand world. Yeah, seriously. Like, and I think the highlight or the the title of the video or of the of the podcast is five hundred thousand dollars on Etsy in two years. Absolutely amazing and crushing it, right? When it comes to like Etsy and print-on-demand, and that's just like a part of like what you do. You don't even do this like necessarily. It's not the only thing that you do. So it's so super inspiring. Well, and you know, since that was a while ago, now we are rounding out just almost at my three-year Etsy anniversary and three quarters of a million in sales. Three quarters of a million. What does that mean? Okay, so that's, that's 750000 750, Yeah. Whoa. Congrats. That's awesome. Thank you. Yes, it's been really, really magical. When I hit 500000 I thought that was really crazy. So trying to head to a million as quick as possible. And uh, it's been a really, really wild journey. I can't believe it's already been three years. So If you're just getting started now, I know it's hard to imagine, but your whole life can change in just two or three years, really. That's insane. So just to summarize that one more time, three years, less than three years, 750K, just about in revenue Mm -hmm. on Etsy alone. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) That's seriously insane. And obviously for anybody listening, yes, like it's revenue. It, It is revenue. It's top line. It's not the profit, but it's absolutely crushing. And Cassie, you should be so proud of that. And I know you are. Thank you. Well, and just like you said, you know, I always like to break that down into a more digestible because 750,000, you're right, sounds like an unachievable, crazy amount. But with print on demand, there's costs that go into it, like paying for the actual products, paying for shipping, design software, mock-ups. And so you only keep a smaller percentage of that as profit. And I did actually just go through recently and divide out all the profit profit that I've made for the three years that I, well, next month, it'll be three years. And I've made an average of $6,000 profit after all of expenses divided by the three years, an average of six grand profit every month. Oh, per month. Okay, cool. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. Um, do we know 
what like your revenue, I'm sorry, your um your gross margin is like on that? Like what is your profit margin? Like percentage wise? Like did you probably have... close to twenty-five to thirty percent with the average, yeah. Beautiful. And that's kind of like what we talk about too a lot is like, that seems like the average for print on demand. That's like a healthy, good margin, especially considering you don't actually have to buy the inventory. That's the coolest thing about print on demand. It's not like you have to buy the shirt for, you know, $10 first and then hope that it sells. It's like, no, you buy it when you sell. It's like, coolest thing. Exactly. There's very few costs up front before you actually sell. And so it might seem like they take a lot, but in my opinion, for not having to do any of the printing myself, hire any employees, do any of the like actual shipments, you know, all of that to give up and have my time. Um, You know, I have time freedom. I have location freedom. I can work when I'm on vacation on a cruise ship or in another country or in another state. And you don't get that if you're running your own print shop here in person. So actually having to print out the shirts yourself and like deal with all of that. Like, yeah, you don't have to deal with any of the inventory. Right, exactly. The trade-off is well worth it to me, in my opinion. Absolutely. Can we talk about like some of the tools that you use? Like you mentioned like the softwares that you use. Obviously, like you use like a supplier. I know you use Printify. You probably use maybe some other ones, you know, here and there too. And then you use like, what do you use for design software? Absolutely. So for the first year and a half, um, I used GoDaddy Studios, um, which is used to be called Over. And it was an app on your phone or you can use it on the computer. And while I think it worked really well, it was limited in some of the things that you could do. And so that's when I got turned on to Canva. And now I use both of them, uh, probably because a lot of my old designs that I still go back and edit to put new stuff on are still on the old ones. So I still do use both. But the majority of what I use is Canva for anything new. Awesome. Okay, cool. And that's, I think that's the majority of like, probably Etsy sellers should be using Canva because it's simple, it's easy to use. It's like has all the functionalities you need. Photoshop is like, if you're a designer, like that's awesome. But like, I'm not personally. So like Canva is way easier to use than like Photoshop or like Adobe Illustrator, things like that. Right, right. Yeah, I would not be intimidated by not knowing how to design. I'd never designed anything in my life before being print on demand. And I think sometimes that's to your benefit. I've heard of some people who are artists or graphic designers that go into this and really overcomplicate designs. Um, My very first bestseller was just some distressed font on a gray shirt you know it doesn't have to be more complicated than that really that's insane okay and then what other tools do you use so you mentioned obviously use product product research tool tools everbee is obviously like a plug ourselves of course but yes i love using everbee everbee is my favorite way to find current best sellers so you know that's what i mainly use everbee for is to sort the search results find what's selling really well right now that I can create my own unique designs for and post in my store because I know there's current traffic coming to Etsy already for those keywords. So if I can just create a unique value add for that search results and stand out that I can get more sales. I love that. That for a second, go a little deeper on that part because I'm noticing like a lot of our sellers, Everbee sellers, Everbee users, like they, they find great products to sell. It seems like, like they find this trending product and they're just like, oh, this is awesome like doing a bunch of revenue, then they ask themselves, like, how do I separate myself, you know, from this, from this other listing? How do I add value to it? How do I make it better? What's your process? Like, do you have a process for this? Yeah, absolutely. So I know we haven't mentioned it yet, but I am releasing a course really soon. So this is something I've seen a lot of people have trouble with. So that's something that I really had to dig deep and figure out, okay, I know this is something that I'm good at, but how can I teach other people? How do you repeat it? How do you make it repeatable? How to repeat that? Exactly. And so that's what I've been working on for the last few months to really pour into my course to help you because a lot of people think, okay, well, I'm going to see this exact bestseller. I'm going to make it a little bit different and I'm going to sell it too to try and just ride their coattails. But if you make the exact same design, but just with a different font or with just a different color, you don't have the sales history. You don't have the good reviews. There's no reason why, unless you do it way better than them, why they would buy yours instead. And not only that, but hundreds of people do that for, you know, every bestseller out there. So you're just going to get drowned in the seat results. And so what I like to do is, like I said, add value. There's quite a few different ways you can add value. But one of my favorite ways that has really helped me amplify my sales is finding a current bestseller and then turning it into a group shirt listing. Mm. There's a few different ways you can do that. 
let's say you have a funny shirt. Um, I did a YouTube video on this recently. Like you have a, a shirt that's a bestseller, maybe that says snack dealer for a mom. It's a funny right. mom shirt. That's hilarious. And if everybody else creates the exact same shirt that just says snack dealer, then you're not really standing out. And so you could make a mom shirt that says snack dealer and a kid shirt that says snack eater. So mm. then they see your listing and they're like, oh, that's hilarious. We could wear that for family photos. That'd be funny to wear out on the weekend. Like people love to think they're hilarious. And so you can turn things into mommy and me matching shirts. You can turn things into best friend matching shirts, couples matching shirts, on group matching shirts, vacation shirts. There's tons of ways that you can spin things depending on what the listing is to really stand out and add value. Uh, but that's not the only way, you know, there's different ways that you can, like by making it a pocket design mm. on the instead of a whole big design or making it a back design. Those are really popular and you'd really stand out if every other shirt on that page all looks the same. It's just a big design on the front of the shirt. And so you want to try and advertise to someone else who would really want what you have. That way you look different and you're adding value. And that's really always been what's worked really well for me. That's awesome. Can you talk about like colors a little bit too and how like, I know that we talked about like your course a little bit and building it. And you talk about like using different like font styles, like font colors. Like do you typically recommend that people have like a, a style or a theme to their shop or to their listings? Or like, how do you kind of go about that? Absolutely. So there's tons of different already proven and tested design styles on Etsy. And so as much as I think you do need to pour your unique value and your creativity into designs, I, I always recommend starting from a place of research and understanding what people are selling. Because it doesn't matter if you like these colors, if you like these fonts, if you like this layout, it really is difficult in the beginning, but it starts to make sense over time. You'll start to really notice trends of, okay, there's a lot of shirts that are laid out this certain way. So maybe the same word over and over again, five times on a shirt with each line being a different color. That's a perfect example of something that sells well in every niche ever. You don't have to understand why. All you have to know is that if you find a niche that doesn't have a design that looks like that, you can create one for that niche and you know it's much more likely to be successful because you've seen it be successful in all of these different other niches. And so I never want you to copy anyone. You know, you have to, again, bring your creativity to it. But if you start from a base of, okay, I like the layout of this shirt from this funny plant niche. You know, I like the way they curved the words over the graphic and then did straight words underneath it. But I'm going to do this like retro colors and retro font from this other niche that I found for moms. And I'm going to combine those into this funny shirt for the baking niche. You know, then you're much more likely to find success than if you just made it up yourself. So, you know, again, you still have to kind of be creative to pull those things together, but always using elements of things that you've already seen work for other people and find new and creative ways to combine them is really a recipe for faster success because you're still being creative, you're still bringing unique value, but you already know those things work. So I, I use that same process to find um, popular colors, you know, find listings with really nice colors that they use for them and then use them in a different way in a different listing. Do you, do you feel like, how do you get good at this, right? I mean, you've been in this for like almost two years now. I'm sure you even start out very good, right? So how did you kind of get good at this? Like, does somebody, would you recommend like someone just like, hey, just go into Etsy, kind of like just pay attention to what people are doing, first of all. And then it's going to look like just chaos. It's going to look like just a bunch of listings to at first, but then use obviously Everbeats kind of like give you the x-ray vision into understanding like, okay, what is working on this, on this page? And then kind of just take note of like, okay, like this font seems to be kind of like common throughout like the best-selling products or the, like the high revenue products. Or like, how would you go, kind of, how much time or how does someone get better at like, that skill that you've kind of developed over time. Absolutely. So, you know, just to give actionable homework to that, I think one really good way to do it is you can start your own best selling design library. So, you know, you can mm. be looking through and as you find bestsellers, just take a quick screenshot on your phone or your computer and put them in a folder. And at first, like you said, you might not notice the patterns, 
because you're not trained for that yet, right? Just like mm-hmm. when you first start a new job, you don't understand it all. It doesn't all make sense. You know, no one's going to expect you to learn everything all in one day and have a full grasp and understanding. But if you just know that there are patterns, there are things that are combining those that are making all of those bestsellers and you start to look for it, you'll start to notice like, oh, text pushed all the way to the left seems to be really popular. doesn't matter the color, doesn't matter the font style, but text pushed to the left side of a shirt is super popular, which hint it is. And you're like, oh, okay, I can do something with that. And so you'll slowly start to see those things that these shirts or in whatever you're selling, it doesn't have to be shirt, what they have in common. And, you know, just start writing yourself a list of the top 10 things that go into making a best-selling shirt. You know, it might be muted colors. It might be leopard. It might be flowers. Like, what are you seeing in the bestsellers? that all of them kind of have in common. And then you can take that list and make sure you're incorporating two or three of those into each of your designs. Okay. Okay. How many listings do you have now? Or estimate? So I think over the last three years, I've done over 5,000 listings total. (laughs) Now I have about 2,000 actually for sale in my store. Um, And that's from a lot of trial and error. You know, I've tried a lot of different design styles and, you know, hopefully with the great advice there is now on my YouTube channel and other great YouTube channels on Cody's. For free, by the way, right? Like you literally posting this stuff for free. And yes, you're offering a course because people have like literally begged you to open up a course and you kind of resisted it for like a lot of time. (laughs) And like, because you just felt like you needed to at this point, right? You need to actually show people, like show people the path, which by the way, I respect that a lot. Like. You give so much value on your channel for free. And it's so cool. No, I really appreciate that. Yeah, I think I learned most everything that I did in the beginning for free on YouTube. And then there's a lot of things that I had to, you know, figure out trial and error Mm -hmm. on worked for me. And so I think that absolutely you don't have to buy my course. You don't have to buy anyone's course. You know, there's a lot of great information on YouTube. If you watch all my YouTube videos, I think you can put it all together and figure it out. The reason why I created my course, though, is for those people that don't want to spend, you know, 10 hours a week watching YouTube videos and having to Google every little next thing on how to do. And so, you know, the name of my course is actually the POD Roadmap, because that's exactly what I wanted it to be. This is how you do the research. This is the next step. Don't worry about this. Do this. Don't do this. Do this now. That way you have an exact roadmap that you can look forward to and see. This is exactly the path. This is how mm-hmm. you can do it. So you can spend a lot less time wondering and worrying. I totally agree. Right things more like step totally. by step. It's and it's more focused, right? It's like somebody that's like literally that's what they want to do. They know they want to do this. So like, therefore, here's the path to do this. And and I'm a course fan, like myself. Like I bought so many courses, and I've honestly got like a lot of value out of all of them. Like I've never bought really a course and like oh I didn't get anything from that course. Because I was, I don't look at it like it's going to teach me everything that I ever need to know about the subject. It's more so it's getting me from A to B. And that's the important part. And like, and it gets me there faster. I know I can get there through like watching a bunch of YouTube videos, TikTok videos. I know I can do that. But that's not, I'm willing to trade my money for like the speed of getting from A to B. And after I get there, then I can decide on how I want to get them from B to C, you know, faster and more efficiently. And I don't know. That's the way I look at it, at least. Like I've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on course. And I'm happy I did, personally. It's made me so much more money. Like, no, no, I'm exactly with you. I think if you would have asked me three years ago if I wanted to buy a course right when I first got started and I'd never bought a course before in my life, I probably would have been a little resistant. But since then, I've bought three different courses and I've gotten immense value from all of them. So if you're not ready to buy a course, start with YouTube. Figure out what you want to do. Get started. Get going. And then you can always decide later on. Again, I'm never going to say you won't be successful if you don't buy my course. But if you want to get there faster and easier and have templates and Excel documents and like a more of a battle plan, that's where I think my course really comes in handy. But also, I think one big benefit to my course in particular and a lot of courses that I've joined is the community aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So I am going to have a private community on Discord. So it's not going to be on Facebook, which I know a lot of people don't love. So it's an app on your phone or the computer. And instead of it being a never-ending feed of just random things coming up all the time, there's going to be specific sections. So if you are only wanting to come on to figure out how to do Etsy ads better, you can just go straight to the Etsy ad section where that's the only thing people are talking about in that chat. 
And so there's going to be everything sectioned out. And so it's going to be a lot more deliberate. And you're going to have a bunch of people on the exact same journey doing the same things as you with the same goals which I know starting a business from home can be really lonely. I know it was for me in the beginning. No one you know knows what you're talking about or what you're doing. And so being able to make friends on the internet that understand you or going through the same things really for me was invaluable. I love that. I love that. Um, okay, jumping back to the listings part. You have 2,000 listings active now. You learned a bunch about like you went down, you totally made about 5,000. Now you've kind of whittled it down to like 2,000. How many listings are you posting every month or, or every day or every, every week? What are you typically doing now? Absolutely. So nowadays, things look a little bit different than they did before because I've got a couple different Etsy stores. I've got my mock-up store that I'm focused on building. So I sell mock-ups for those. So I do a photo shoot or two a month sometimes for those when I'm listing in there. I actually recently started a new Etsy shop, which I haven't announced anywhere else yet. And so that's where I've been doing my listings. So that's been... Right now, probably between 25 and 50 listings a week is all I've been able to kind of pour into it for its first month. But I have its first 24 sales. So that's, that's awesome. really exciting. So I will track more of that journey on my channel and things in the future. But I did want to prove, hey, you can get started over in 2023. Wildly, exactly. wildly successful. So um, as I have more time to put into that, I will more in the future. And then I obviously have my YouTube channel where I post a video every week. Yeah, you're busy. You got some stuff going on. It's awesome. Okay, so like you 24 listing, uh, 24 sales on your new shop and you have about 50 listings per week. A question that we get all the time, literally all the time, is like, okay, I create this listing. I've created a bunch of listings maybe, but like I'm not getting any traffic. I'm not getting any views. Yeah, I like think once you first, first yeah. get started, it's hard to understand what the lifestyle, like the life cycle of a listing looks like and how it get ranks how it gets ranked on Etsy and wins. And so just to give you an idea, the organic way you post a listing on Etsy, it's going to show up on page 15, 20, 25, who knows, of the search results because it's not proven yet. Etsy doesn't know if anyone is interested, if anyone wants to buy it at all. And so they might give you a little chance where they show you a little bit higher in the search results right at first just mm -hmm. to see how your listing performs. But that process can take five or six weeks for people to start seeing your listing. It doesn't have any reviews yet. It doesn't have, you might not have a lot of sales. And so your conversion rate, how many people click on it and then buy it might be a little lower. And so as people click on it, favorite it, buy it, leave a review, you slowly, your listing starts to rank higher in the search results. Mm -hmm. But that can take a while for that whole process to really start happening and so I know I felt really similar when I first started in May of 2020. You know, I got a few sales on a couple of listings that happened to be in really trending right now niches. Like Father's Day was the first one that I really broke through because there were so many people looking for that niche when I started. But some of my other listings took about three months to really start selling. And so I started in about May and then all of a sudden in August, boom, I made four grand profit in one month. And it was because of all the work I did in those three months beforehand. But I didn't realize that it just took time to build up to get to the point where they all started selling. There are ways, though, that you can amplify that and make it go a little bit quicker to increase okay. your conversion rates. So yeah, that's, biggest thing, that's just kind I of where I wanted to go. What everybody like, wants, right? You know, like, how do I just like tomorrow have that $4,000, right? <laughs> so, right, right. If no. you're just getting started and you don't understand how to make good listings, how to find the right niches, right? It's going to take time. You still have to learn stuff, you know, but if you do everything right, you can make it go a lot quicker in a few couple ways. There's ways to launch your listing with a launching strategy that's going to make it so much faster. And those are by listing your item for a lot cheaper than you'd ever normally sell it at. So closer to what your actual cost is for the item. That way, if someone clicks it, you're really hoping that you get that first sale as soon as possible, because that's a huge sign selling, telling Etsy that this person likes this and so more people will too. And the more it sells, the more they're going to show it to other people. And so it's worth taking that initial hit on those first few sales to get your listing ranked higher in the search. We stay on that for a second. That's really, yeah. really back. Okay. So I agree with this, by the way, like you need to have like a launching, like every time you create a listing, you should create, you should create a listing and put it on like sale basically for the amount that like you break even. That's like my rule of thumb. It's like, Hey, just break even on the listing and just like try to sell as many as possible. Now, 
how long do you typically do that for? You mentioned a couple, for the first few sales. So like, do you have like a, like a framework of thinking about this? Like I've been telling, like I've been doing it and also telling like my family members that sell on Etsy and stuff like that. Hey, do it for like two weeks, you know, like break even on the product for two weeks. I know it kind of hurts kind of like, you know, but you have to kind of get the algorithm kind of working in your favor. You got to tell Etsy, Hey, this, this listing actually converts when people search for this keyword, they click on my listing, they buy my listing. So Etsy now shows that listing more often. Now, what do you think? Like, how many sales or how long should someone do that for? Absolutely. So I think this really depends on your situation. Not yeah. everybody getting started on Etsy has the funds to break even for very long. I'd say if you have, you know, a lot of money and you're trying to get uh, your store ranked and rolling as quick as possible, I'd probably wait until you had, you know, 10 or 20 sales on the item before you raise that price because that's really going to help solidify you onto that first page of Etsy. But that's not, again, like a realistic answer for everyone sure. in their financial situation, because then at that point, you're almost losing money probably or about breaking even on selling. And so, you know, if you're just getting started and you don't want to go super in whole, maybe price it a little above break even and do it for the first, you know, three, four, five sales and then raise the price on it. So, there's no exact science. I think it depends on, you know, again, your tolerance sure. or what you can do. But I think anywhere within that range, you know, if you wait, you know, just a couple of weeks, get two or three, five sales, I think that'd be the minimum that I'd really recommend to help your listings get seen and get that data behind them to show Etsy that these are good listings that people like. And then that will start getting you sales. A I love bit. that. And when you say like ranked on the first page, right? Can you can break that down for people that like really don't know what that means. The front page of Etsy or like, it's obviously not. Really? Break it down for us. No, no, that's super fair. So, you know, let's say you're making a first grade teacher shirt. We'll use that as an example. So the shirt says first grade teacher. So the chances of you ever getting to the first page of search results on Etsy are probably pretty low because that's a super specific shirt that not everyone wants. So someone types in, literally goes to Etsy, a shopper, and they type in first grade teacher, and then the search results happens. Like that's what you're talking about, the first page, that first page for the first grade teacher keyword. That's the first page. That's like the golden, you want to be the number one on there organically, right? That's the ideal case, right? Yes. Yes, yeah, so you want to try and pick one particular keyword that you really want to rank for. And I like to put that first in my title. So if you showed up at the very top of the search results when type, someone typed in first grade teacher shirt, are you exactly what that person's looking for? Yes. Okay, perfect. That's where we want to be. And so, yeah, you're, if someone just types in shirt, right, you're going to be on the millionth page. But if someone types in teacher shirt, maybe again, you might be on the millionth page. But if someone types in first grade teacher shirt, that's where you really want to aim your focus to raise in those search results. And instead of being on page 15 of first grade teacher shirt, you want to try and get to page one. And you can never get to page one by just having a really nice looking listing. I think that's something that a lot of people get frustrated with. They're like, I posted it so far back. The only way that you get to that first page is by proving that people like that listing, that it's a good listing, it converts well, because Etsy's here to make money. They want to show the customer the listings that they're most likely to purchase, because that's the only time that Etsy really gets paid too. How does one find um, where are they ranking in for that first grade teacher shirt? And if they're on the, like the 30th page, like how does, some, how does somebody know that versus on the first page and in your world? So that it's kind of a complicated thing because of the way that the Etsy algorithm works. They show every shopper a different version of the search results based on what you've searched for in the past, based on where you live. Um, so there's a lot of factors that go into what Etsy shows you. So if you go and click your own listing and then go search for first grade teacher shirt, it might look like you're on the first page because Etsy's like, oh, you liked this. Mm -hmm. You clicked it once, you probably want to buy it. So I'm going to show it to you higher. Machine yeah. learning. Yeah. Etsy wants to do this. It's like, yeah, it's AI, that part of AI in their algorithm. Right. And so it's not super, you know, easy to tell exactly where you're ranking, but I know that is something that Everbee is building into their software, okay. right? 
where it can give you a general idea of where you would be organically without any of those other factors built in, like your location, like your past search history. But you'll know you're getting closer to the first page and that you're ranking higher because you're getting sales. That's one of the biggest indicators because most people don't search first grade teacher shirt and look through the first 17 pages through all of them and then finally buy one. If you start to get daily sales on an item, you're probably getting a lot closer to that first page. I love that. And by the way, we have actually released a listing rank tracker, we call it the feature on Everbee to literally do this. And we just released it like a week or two ago. And as of this recording, and it's super cool because basically it takes that manual process of like, hit that first grade teacher shirt, like what am I, where am I showing up for that specific keyword? And it will show you, hey, you're like, you're, you're ranked number like 155, right? Which mm-hmm. is page number three. And we actually, everybody will actually track that automatically for them as if it's like a third party, like it's not um, as if it's incognito mode. So it's actually not, it doesn't take in your computer any kind of bias at all. So you can actually do that for every keyword now. So it's super cool. I'm super excited to like see what the data reveals. Yeah, no, that's really good. So that way you can have an idea of if it's headed in the right direction and see yourself kind of slowly growing through the search results. So I love that. Exactly. Okay. So what we just talked about, summarize, we just basically talked about creating a listing, how to actually launch it with a discount. What if it doesn't really work? So it sounds like you, when you're like three months in, you don't really, you're not still not really seeing a lot of progress with that listing. At what point do you kind of like count it as like a dead listing and just kind of like give up hope on it? Do you ever? Yeah, yeah. I think eventually you, you have to. So I think in the beginning, one thing that it takes a while to understand is the seasonality of a lot of listings. So like I would have thought, for instance, that teacher shirts sold really well all year, but that's not actually the truth. The big time that teacher shirts sell is spring and summer. That's the big time, unless you're selling like a Thanksgiving themed teacher shirt, right? There's always exceptions. But a shirt that literally says teacher might not sell for the majority of fall and winter. And so you don't know what those seasonalities are within niches just yet. And so for that reason, because you don't understand, maybe people only buy pickleball shirts in the spring, you know, like you don't know what they are yet. And so my philosophy has always been that it only costs 20 cents to post a listing for sale on Etsy. That's so inexpensive. Mm -hmm. So just to put that in perspective, right, that'd be like Walmart letting you put a shirt in their store where people specifically go to buy plant lover shirts for only 20 cents for four months. That's a good analogy. Right. It's right in front of your exact target audience. They're searching for it. You're going to pop up only 20 cents. And so I like to set my listings to an automatic renewal. So I let them renew two Mm -hmm. to three times. So I give listings eight to 12 months to sell. So I give it 40 or 60 cents to give it a chance. If it sells one time, I leave it up another year. Okay. For itself by far. And so not every listing that you ever make is going to be like your bestseller of bestsellers. I've had some listings that have sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. And I have a couple of listings that are sold three or five times, but it's worth it because now that I have thousands of listings, right, I might not sell the exact same ones every single day, right? It's a mixture of all of those listings coming together that sell sometimes here, a lot here, sometimes here that add up to give me the consistent income that has allowed me to quit my job, has allowed my husband to quit his job, and we get to do whatever we want now because I have thousands of listings that could potentially sell at any point throughout the year. And so now, three years in, instead of my you know sales being really high, really low, really high, really low, I always pretty much make at least you know three, four thousand a month in profit. Sometimes I make twenty, but sometimes I make three. And so now it's at least really consistent because of the way that I built my business like that. I love that. So, so cool. Okay. Um, Switching gears a little bit. I posted recently on Everbee Facebook group asking like, what are some questions that I should be asking you and other people that we interview? And so do you mind if I kind of just give you some random questions? Go ahead. Let's do it. Cool. All right. So I'll read them here. How do they spot trends or how do you spot trends in your niche? So me particular, I don't have just one niche. So I sell in... Tons and tons and tons of different niches. But let me kind of answer that in the best way that it makes sense for me. So instead of spotting trends in my niche, I try to find trends in general. So, you know, I might sell teacher shirts when teacher shirts are really popular. I might sell Halloween shirts when Halloween shirts are really popular and so on. But to find the trends within those smaller niches, let's say you just sell one niche and that's it. Like maybe we'll take 
um, the teacher niche, for yeah. example. I would look through all of the best sellers on Etsy so you can sort the search results. You can use Everbee. Obviously, it's a great way to do that. And you just need to, like I said before, pay attention to what's already working for other people. But a really good way to kind of create your own trend within that niche is, like I said before, to bring value from something you've already seen be successful somewhere else. Mm -hmm. So again, if you're looking at, say, the plant lover niche, you know, the leopard letters are selling super well for that niche. Guess what? That's a really popular, cool design style. If you created that for teachers before anybody else did, then you're probably going to see a lot of success because you're going to stand out compared to everybody else's designs. So I guess what I'm saying is instead of looking for the design trends that are already there within one niche, try and break out of that niche and bring trends that you've seen popular other places to that niche is Love really it. been a super popular way for me to find success. That's perfect. I have another question. How do you drive or do you drive traffic outside of Etsy? Or do you just drive just Etsy? Absolutely. So I have a Pinterest account that I have published thousands of things to. And while it gets me thousands of views, I really don't think it actually has gotten me a ton of sales. There's not a lot of data there. And so really the 99% of the uh, sales that I've gotten are from Etsy and Etsy ads. I really think that everything you need is already in Etsy. They have 96 million customers coming there every year. If you can just get in front of the things they're already searching for and add value, then I don't think you'd need to necessarily go anywhere else. I love it. Perfect. What were some of the, your biggest mistakes that you made on Etsy? I'd say one of my biggest mistakes is not paying attention when prices go up for items and for shipping. That's something I was like, oh, well, it's only went up by 50 cents or it only went up by a dollar. I'm not going to raise my prices. And that was absolutely a mistake. And I re realized that in 2021, because in November of 2020, I sold $70,000 in revenue in one month and I made $20,000 in profit. I was so happy. I couldn't even believe it. Obviously, that's so much money. It was life changing. Well, then come 2021. I sold in uh, November, I sold $100,000 in revenue in one month. I only made $23,000 in profit. Interesting. I only made three grand more for an extra 30 grand yeah. in sales. And it's because I didn't realize really how much sweatshirt prices had raised within that time. And uh, I really regret that. So now hmm. I really make sure that I pay attention to when prices change. And don't worry, you're not the only one raising your price. Everyone's raising their price. Don't overthink this. Just raise them when the prices and things go up. I love it. What are some of the best decisions or one of the best decisions you ever made? One of the best decisions I ever made was to start selling group shirts in my store. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, the first five, six months, I was selling just individual shirts for sale. But then I switched to selling some bachelorette shirts in 2020. And all of a sudden, even if I only had one sale that day, it might be for 10 shirts. And that was absolutely game changing. If I have a slow day in Etsy and only sell five people, two or three of them are probably group orders for two to 10 shirts each. And so no matter what, Love that. I have a day. you're adding, you're increasing your average order value, right? That's absolutely amazing. Okay. A lot of sellers right now are listening to this and they have some success and they're doing like a few thousand dollars a month, maybe in profit, maybe or revenue, whatever it is. And they want to 10 exit, right? They want to scale. If and I know you're not just focused on your Etsy shop necessarily anymore, but if you were to kind of give them advice of like, yeah, if you want to 10x, 10x your shop, then do you know, these things. How would you advise somebody that wants to scale? Absolutely. So scaling can feel complicated in the beginning, but it's really not. So there's a couple of things I'd really recommend. Number one, if you find something that's successful for you, duplicate it as many times as possible. I learned this lesson the hard way where I had one great design that was a bestseller and they found this other store that had the same really similar design as me, but they had four or five bestsellers because they added it to multiple colors. They'd made different versions. They added it to sweatshirts. Hmm. And everyone is looking for different things. So if you can show up in the same search results multiple times, so the chances of them buying from you instead of just you against all the other sellers, it's you against you against you and some other sellers too, you'll do so much better. So that's one of the big things. If you find a niche that's popular, my top niches I sell in, I probably have two or 300 listings for them. 
because I just want to dominate that niche and try every different variation of design, try every different sub niche for it and really go hard because now you have a better understanding of that. Love it. Perfect. Um, what is your quote unquote job look like in today's world, right? For you, like what does your day to day look like as a full-time seller mixed with some other entrepreneurship things too that you're working on? What does it look like? Well, these days, once you scale your business up a little higher, um, you know, and you've got thousands of listings that are selling for you, like, yes, I could be making tons of new listings. But nowadays, it looks like a lot more testing things, right? Like I'm trying my new Etsy store. And so I am uploading to that once or twice a week. I'm creating YouTube videos once a week. Uh, once or twice a month, I do, like I said, my photo shoots with my sister for a mock-up store. Uh, but I actually, I'd say I work a lot less than I really ever have. And my personal life has really taken over. You know, we might take the dogs for a walk, go to the park. Yeah, I feel like whenever we're like, we, we're like texting or something like that, you're talking about how like you're on a vacation with your family. You're like, you're like, I'm I think last year I took 17 vacations. Oh I could never have done that working full time, right? Again, I got to retire my husband. So you know, a lot of my time looks like spending time with friends and family. If I had to guess, every once in a while, I probably work 30 hours in a week, but I probably work closer to maybe 20, 20, 25 hours a week between everything. Um, I think in the future, after I'm done launching my course, I'm going to try to only work three days a week. And that's my my real goal. So day to day can look really, really different. You know, if you would ask me that a year ago, I'd say I probably spent an hour or two doing listings every single day, probably five days a week though. Okay. Interesting. And those those 30 hours that you're working right now, you would call that. Um, do you have to work those or just like you're focusing on growth and like growing the business? That's why you're choosing to work on those things. Like you don't have to do that to to make your your money on Etsy, right? Or tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I've gone months without making new listings in my store before and still been making really, really consistent sales. You know, there's different things like new trends that come out that if you don't get on them, like your old listings are never going to live forever. You can't just rest on your laurels and get to a point where you're like just done. That's sure. not really a thing. So you, there is always some level of you have to keep building new things to stand out in the search results, to be competitive, understand things that are currently popular. Like last year was the retro letters were super popular. So I went to all of my popular niches I've sold in and made retro letter versions of all of them. And then that mm -hmm. carried me through last year. This year, it's flowers. Just give away that secret. Mm -hmm. um, so then you got to do some new stuff. And so it's not nearly as often as it was. Uh, but yeah, I could probably at this point not work for a month or two and I'd still make the same amount of money. I love that. I appreciate the honesty too, right? It's not like a totally passive like Oh, I just built this thing one time and like, it's going to pay me forever the rest of my life for 30 years and it, you know, all that stuff. Like, it's not like that. It's a business still like it's a business, um, but it's actually, it's a really, really cool business. It's like a lifestyle business. It could be if you wanted to set it up that way, like you don't have to necessarily grind it out for 40, 50, 60 hours a week, you know, like your daytime job. In the beginning, it will feel like that. And you do sure. need to do that because there's so much learning you have to do. But yep. once you get your processes down and you understand, okay, if I make a design like that, that looks like this, it's really, really possible that it's going to be successful. So, you know, it eventually gets easier over time. And something to really consider once you get further in is hiring employees to do things for you. Hire someone to make the designers for you, uh, the designs. Hire someone to make the listings for you. So, you know, if you are not someone who is wanting to still spend a couple hours on it every week, you can hire people. Absolutely. To do that for you. So that's always an option too. What is the worst part about selling on Etsy? I'd say the worst part about selling on Etsy is the unknowns. Worrying about getting a trademark infringement for something that's been listed since last year or worrying about someone stealing your design. There's, you know, a couple things that are feel like out of your control that can be stressful. Mm -hmm. And I think that's something that stressed me out a lot more in the beginning. Now I've really kind of come to terms with the fact that there's no real good way to keep people from stealing your designs. And I've kind of made my peace with that, that it's going to happen. It mm -hmm. is what it is. I'm going to have an abundance mindset and keep putting things out into the world that I like making. And I think add value to people and they're going to buy it and I'm going to sell it. And I'm going to just keep doing that over time and it's going to work out for me. I don't care what the people who are being dishonest do. I love it. What is your plan for 2023 with your Etsy shop? Mock-up, for example, my new shop. 
Absolutely. So my mock-up shop, we're adding a lot of new products. We just added comfort colors to our roster. We're planning on doing a lot more of holidays and more unique mock-ups for different situations that you might need. So we're excited to kind of bridge more into doing more fun, different mock-ups instead of just like me standing there in a shirt. Um, my main thing for 2023 is going to be scaling my new Etsy store. Um, my old Etsy store, I'm probably just going to keep maintaining, making new things as people ask them to do some custom orders, um, making a couple new things as, you know, I see this, you know, the inspiration, but I really want to pour most of my time into scaling my brand new third <laughs> Etsy store right. yeah. into bringing that to be a six figure store this year. I love it. Can we talk about one, one last thing? This is more of a personal thing. Um, I've been like obsessing like over focus because um, a lot of times I, I speak with Everbe users or just Etsy sellers in general and like they have like three things going on. Like they have a full-time job and they're a mom or dad, like kind of a full-time dad or whatever. And and they're also like launching the shop, but they also have this other idea for a shop too. So they're launching like two shops at the same time, but they don't really have any business experience and they really want to like be successful. Um, and usually my thoughts are like, dude, you guys are you're just doing too much at one time. Like you need to like focus it in focus on one shop, first of all, what would your advice be? Um, like, do you need to focus and how much do you need to focus on like one thing or can you launch, should you launch two shops at one time? Like, can you kind of talk about that for a second? Oh, I'd love to, because I think just like I did, a lot of people do that when they first start because you don't see success as fast as you'd want, right? Like the first mm -hmm. few months, you're not going to feel like you are getting enough in return for the amount of output that you're giving. So I think it's normal to be like, well, maybe this isn't the right thing. Maybe I'm going to split this and put half of my attention over here. But like we've been talking about through this right. whole podcast, there's so much to learn and get good at and understand. And it takes time to see the compounding benefits of what you're doing. That I think when I first start, got started, I did the same thing. I started selling, I think, T-shirts, sweatshirts, shoes, shower curtains, dog bowls. Like I sold a million things and I felt really scatterbrained. And it wasn't until I started focusing for Christmas only on apparel because I'm like, you know, I really want to hit Christmas really great. I'm going to focus only on T-shirts and sweatshirts. And that's it that I finally started to understand some of like the trends that I'm telling you guys about that I'm like, oh, okay, these kind of layouts, these kind of colors, these types of things, if I add this, then I started to really learn. So I think that that's what really helped me. And so I'd really recommend doing the same thing. Take your time, do your research, become an expert, get really good at one thing. And then once you're really good at that, then you'll have a lot better understanding mm -hmm of what it took to get there. So then when you go in to try your next thing, whether that's a new product for the same store or you want to try a digital download store or a mock-up store, right? There's a million ways you can be successful. And you can be successful at all of them. I promise you can. Absolutely. But only if you take the time and put in the effort to understand that niche and get good at that niche first. And then, like I said, you can take that knowledge after you have yeah. it and you have these ones running to those next things like I'm doing now, right? It might sound crazy, you know, that I'm doing three different Etsy shops, a YouTube channel, a course, all these things. It's a lot, but it didn't all happen overnight. These are things where once I got to a point where I was really successful with this and it was taking up less of my mental energy, when you first start, it takes up this much of your brain, then over time you can do it in less and less time and now you have space for something new and then you get good at that. And then now you have space for something new. I totally agree with this. Yeah. Like focusing on like one thing at a time and then moving on after that. Right. Cause there's like a commonalities between like being successful in one thing and then you can actually transfer to the next thing, but you have to first see the success, some sort of success to this first thing. Like you can't like, they call it like a, um, gosh, I'm gonna, I forgot there's a study on this and it's actually like the value of despair. Like the people start and they get really, really excited about something. Right. And like, if you picture this graph, I'm like for anybody watching it or not watching this, I'm like drawing something in the air right now. Um, but you're really, really excited about something, this new idea, this new Etsy shop. And then like, you're so excited, but you don't really know anything about the subject necessarily. And so then you start learning and then you start like your excitement actually starts to drop and, and your confidence level starts to drop more and more and more. And then pretty soon it, it drops to a point where you actually just like repeat the process with a new idea. And so you're really, really excited about this new idea, this new shop. And then like you learn, 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 you're super excited. And then all of a sudden, like it starts to confidence starts to drop. And then pretty soon, you start to give up on the idea and then start again, right? And then pretty soon, like you're in this like repeat cycle 
of, of doing this and you actually get nothing done. There's no success actually to show um, for all this work that you've been doing for the past year, two, three years, 10 years. Um, so the trick is to get through this valley of despair, right? Like you have to like, you have to like fight through and you have to picture like this valley, right? That you're kind of hiking through. This is how I put it in my head. Like you have to like hike through this valley and then like you see this mountain, and like you're in this valley and it's, it's dirty, it's dusty, you're thirsty. You have nothing to show for how far you've traveled, right? But then you're traveling up this mountain, right? And then, and then it gets a little, like your confidence actually starts to like rise a little bit more, a little bit more as you're starting to get to the top, top of the mountain. And then anyway, I've gone on a huge tangent, but like I've been like obsessed with this like thought of I've seen so many people repeat this cycle and it's frustrating for them. And obviously it's sad like when we watch it, right? Because I'm just like, no, you're so close. Just like fight through it, you know, just keep going on this path. Don't switch niches yet. Don't switch like another Etsy shop yet. Um, right. Know, Love that. No, I think that's a great analogy. I think it gives a good picture in your head because... Yeah, starting an Etsy print-on-demand business isn't all rainbows and butterflies. There's going to be frustrating times. You're going to have imposter syndrome. Be like, who am I? I'm not a business owner. I've never done this before. People you know might say those things to you like, oh, all that stuff is just a lie. You can't actually be successful. There's a lot of things that are going to try and steal your attention, steal your energy. And it's easy to not do it. Just like when we start new workout routines with, oh, we're going to get fit. Exactly. I'm going to work out every day. And then for the same reasons that you don't do that are the same reasons that you're not going to be successful with your Etsy business. So I think really an actionable tip is to find a way to make it a part of who you are and what you do every day. Don't try and just burn yourself out. Like I'm going to do this eight hours a day every day. I'm not going to do anything until I'm successful. That's going to burn you out. Maybe do one or two new listings a day. Take one baby step forward every day. And guess what? After a month or two of you doing Etsy every single day for a few minutes, guess who you are? You're an Etsy seller. You're a business owner. It's a part of who you are now because who you are is what you do. That's the definition of who you are as a person. It's the things that you do in your life every single day without fail. And so that'd be my goal is find a way to make it easy for you to implement into your life that way you're more likely to be successful. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And have faith. Just have faith that you're actually going to achieve this thing, right? Just keep on moving forward. And you don't have to see like the exact end goal so clearly. Like you, you can just see like a two steps in front of you and just take those two steps, like take the action, right? Take the action and like just trust that like, hey, there's still a road, right? You don't see it. It's in the dark. Like you're traveling across the country and it's, it's dark, but you have the headlights, right? And the headlights are like out there and you can just see like 200 feet in front of you. And just, you just trust it and you just push the gas and you continue to go. And um, anyway, so this is amazing. Let's wrap it up because this is going to go forever. We continue to talk about this stuff forever. But <laughs> where can people find you? Absolutely. So the best way to find me is my YouTube channel, which is my name, Cassie Johnson. You can come over, subscribe there. We'll have Cody link it down in the description below. And then I'll also link any details that I have by the time this comes out for my new course, if you might want more information on that. I love it. Cassie, it's such a pleasure to have you on. Um, And I'm grateful for like the friendship that we have now. And it's so fun to to watch us grow the community and empower other sellers and change people's lives, change people's lives. It's honestly super inspiring. So thank you for what you do. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope people really love this episode and get a lot out of it. So thanks for having me. Cool. All right, see you later.